Hello and welcome to the Emerging Cricket Podcast. I'm your host Nick Skinner and today I'm alone in the hot seat with a range of logistical issues keeping the regular team apart. Uh, Tim Cutler and Daniel Beswick of course in PNG for the East Asia Pacific T20 World Cup regional qualifiers and yours truly was busy visiting an Icelandic volcano so we've had to piece together a few mini segments. Uh, Bez has recorded some thoughts from Port Moresby with a couple of interviews and hopefully the stars can align a little better next week and uh, we can get a full show to you. In the meantime, there's a lot of cricket to keep an eye on with men's qualifiers aplenty as well as the East Asia Pacific group. Uh, there's two World Cup slots available in Europe where Ireland and Scotland are the likely favourites in a field which also involves Denmark, Jersey, Germany and Italy. There's also the under-19s qualification in Tanzania with the hosts plus Kenya, Nigeria, Sierra Leone, Namibia and Uganda all vying for a single place at next year's under-19s World Cup. Plenty of franchise cricket going on in the emerging world too with North America a real hotspot. The revived GT20 in Canada is underway uh, after a, a break of almost four years, uh, while Major League Cricket in the US is finally a reality, and no doubt we'll get Emerging Cricket's USA correspondent Nate Hayes on to discuss it all very soon. It's also a good time to catch up on some of the recently concluded associate cricket going on outside the limelight, with a number of bilateral and uh, multination series running outside the ICC pathway events. Uh, A lot of this happening, of course, in Europe as they're taking advantage of a hot summer to get some uh, some good cricket action in. And we'll start with the Bulgaria Quadrangular Series, uh, which played out uh, towards the end of last month uh, with the men's teams from Serbia, Bulgaria, Turkey and Croatia involved. Serbia ended up uh, being too strong, winning all three group matches and the tournament after the final was washed out. A Bulgaria runners-up, Turkey coming in third and Croatia finishing winless. Uh, good effort from Turkey, of course, who have struggled a lot, uh, even at even at regional European level. Uh, so good to see them get a win on the board. Uh, Switzerland's men also toured Luxembourg uh, at the Pierre Werner ground. Luxembourg won the first match there by three wickets, and then Switzerland won pretty comfortably by eight wickets in the second. So the series was tied one all. Meanwhile, Jersey and Guernsey played their uh, traditional inter-insular series uh, between the women's and men's teams. Uh, The women's series was hosted in Guernsey, but Jersey's women were too good, winning by 61 runs, 8 wickets, and 158 runs uh, in their three matches. So a clean sweep for Jersey's women against Guernsey. Uh, So good effort for them traveling and, and getting the result they wanted. While on the men's side, Jersey were hosting, uh, skipper Chuggy Pashad will no doubt be very happy with the result as Jersey won the series 2-0, uh, two victories by seven wickets and four wickets, and the third match uh, abandoned due to rain. Uh, and looking across to a couple of other teams involved in the ongoing European uh, World Cup qualifiers, uh, Austria and Germany played a couple of games in the Netherlands at the end of last month, uh, which Germany won Uh, pretty comfortably both times, which was reflected in their results at the actual qualifier a couple of days ago uh, with a very big win to Germany there as well. Austria also travelled to the Isle of Man where the hosts won two games pretty comfortably as well. So good effort from the Isle of Man there. Moving to the Medina Cup, hosted 
by Malta at the rather picturesque town of Massa. Uh, it involved the men's teams of France, Malta and Luxembourg, played between the 10th and 12th of July. France came out on top in a double round robin format, winning three and losing just one. Uh, they traded victories against Malta. Uh, France won the first encounter by nine runs and then Malta edged out France in the second by four runs and that proved to be the difference. So good effort from France and uh, encouraging signs from a team that uh, seems to be uh, gradually improving on the men's side. Um, there was also the Valletta Cup, also in Maza, running basically straight on from the Medina Cup. Uh, it was played between the 12th of July and the 16th of July, an expanded field involving all the teams from the Medina Cup plus Switzerland and Romania. And, and Switzerland came out with a the silverware. They were undefeated in the group stage, winning four from four, and they cruised to victory against Malta in the final after Malta beat France uh, by seven wickets in the semi-final. Meanwhile, Romania were winless in the group stage, but they did manage to avoid last place uh, by winning their playoff against Luxembourg. And skipping over to the Asian region, we have the ACC Emerging Teams Asia Cup involving uh, development 11s from Afghanistan, Bangladesh, India, Nepal, Oman, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, and UAE. So probably to regular listeners of the Emerging Cricket Podcast, uh, the fortunes of Oman, Nepal, and UAE are of the most interest, although we do have a blockbuster final with uh, India A and Pakistan A meeting in the final. Uh, But to go through the results for the Emerging Teams, uh, Oman really struggled. Uh, They lost their first match against Afghanistan by 72 runs. Uh, They were thrashed by eight wickets uh, inside 17 overs by Bangladesh, and they were absolutely pummeled by Sri Lanka, being bowled out for 42 uh, (laughs) after Sri Lanka had posted 259 in their 50 overs, so losing that one by 217 runs. A uh, bit of a worrying trend for Oman in that the next generation of players seems to be lacking. They don't quite uh, appear to have the same talent pipeline as the UAE and Nepal, who uh, put up probably uh, the match of the group stage over in uh, Group B, where Nepal and the UAE played out a thriller um, UAE bowled out for 157 in 44 overs, and Nepal getting to their target in 23 overs, but seven wickets down. Uh, Kushal Bertel thrashed 71 off 43 deliveries, but uh, other than that, um, <laughs> bit of a bit of a trademark Nepal collapse uh, as Mohammed Fazruddin ripped through Nepal's top order. And meanwhile, the UAE were undone by Kushal Bertel's six for 40. So uh, some, some interesting numbers coming out of that one. Uh, UAE in their other matches a bit disappointing they lost pretty comprehensively to India A uh, restricted to 175 for 9 in their 50 overs which India A chased with 8 wickets in hand and in the 27th over Nepal took a few wickets against Pakistan but still went down uh, defending a low total Pakistan uh, got to the target of 180 in 32.5 overs Then they proceeded to put up 309 against the UAE and bowl them out for 125. Uh, India thrashed Nepal by nine wickets, chasing 168 in 22.1 overs. 
so all in all, a pretty disappointing outing for the emerging teams in that uh, emerging Asia Cup. But hopefully some good experience for the next generation of talent uh, for, for all of those teams. And coming up, possibly by the time uh, you're listening to this, we will have a couple more series going on with the East Africa Cup involving Kenya, Rwanda, Tanzania and Uganda being hosted by Uganda, then uh, the Isle of Man women's team uh, touring Austria uh, between the 30th and 31st of July, and also sub-regional qualifying uh, for the T20 World Cup Asia region, uh, sub-regional B, involving Bhutan, China, Malaysia, Myanmar, and Thailand. That's being hosted in Malaysia, uh, with matches getting underway on the 26th of July. And only one slot available for the regional final, which, uh, if things go as expected, Malaysia are probably favourites to claim. And now, with the recent results wrapped up, it's time to cross over to PNG and hear from Bez. Hello and welcome in to the Emerging Cricket Podcast. Not quite a full episode per se this, and we probably won't count this as episode 200 of the Emerging Cricket Podcast. We are at sixes and sevens a little bit in the circumstances across uh, multiple continents. Tim and I are both in Papua New Guinea ahead of the East Asia Pacific T20 World Cup qualifier final for the region. Uh, We'll have one team going through to the T20 World Cup from this tournament. We'll talk about that in a moment. The European qualifier for the T20 World Cup on the men's side also going on. Uh, At the time of recording, Ireland have just gone two from two uh, with a narrow victory over Italy, who did push them all the way before brushing aside Denmark. Things have been a little bit tricky uh, in the week leading up to this tournament. Uh, Tim and I were under the impression that we'd both be in the same accommodation. It hasn't come to fruition, uh, and it's meant that Due to security reasons, it's actually been quite difficult to be with Tim in Port Moresby. Um, we were planning to sit down and do a little bit more of a preview, but happy to report that we have spoken to a couple of people ahead of the tournament, namely Daniel Smith, the captain of the Philippines, uh, for a brief chat in the build-up to the tournament. Also, Alan Kerr, the head of cricket operations in Japan, who is the team manager here uh, for those boys heading into the tournament. Pleased to report we're going to get excellent weather here in PNG for the next week or so. We, as mentioned, we will have one team qualify for the T20 World Cup from the East Asia Pacific region. As we know, PNG are roaring favourites to take the tournament, although it must be said they may not have it their own way here despite the double round robin format. All three other teams here are capable of causing an upset as we've seen uh, in previous iterations and previous tournaments Philippines qualified for this tournament automatically by virtue of uh, being at the global qualifier last year, which is actually uh, in decent part down to the result in the qualifier before that on the EAP side. Uh, so they come in a little bit cold, having only played the Southeast Asian Games uh, in Cambodia recently. They lost both of those matches, one to Singapore and one to the host, although that defeat to the host is shrouded in a little bit of controversy given the situation of Cambodia's team at that tournament, they, outside of that, their only T20Is of note uh, were at the A qualifier for the T20 World Cup last year. Moving to Japan and Vanuatu, well, they both qualify here by virtue 
of the two sub-regional tournaments. We start with Japan, who were too strong for Indonesia in South Korea in Sano last year. Look a good unit. I've seen a little bit of them in training over the last couple of days. They came, many of them came through via Cairns. They also had a training session in Cairns. Uh, they had some unofficial training uh, on the first sort of lead-in day into the tournament and then official training today. A lot of emphasis on the fielding uh, and speaking to Alan, as you'll probably hear in a few moments' time, a big emphasis on, on fielding, uh, looking pretty sharp. Uh, they've had plenty of cricket coming into the tournament as well with that Sri Lankan emerging series. Although they didn't nab a victory there, they definitely had their moments and one of those five matches was washed out. But they've had plenty of cricket coming into the tournament. Uh, Vanuatu, relatively the same. They had the Australian Indigenous team touring there. They did manage to win one of those matches. Uh, watching them train, all looking reasonably sharp. Patrick Matataba looking as fit as a fiddle and definitely profiting from his time away uh, working on his game and at work in Australia as well as a a number of uh, players here, basically at full strength, the Vanuatu side. And then looking to PNG, as mentioned, they are the favourites. There were a few eyebrows raised in terms of the squad selection. Uh, They've opted for Jack Gardner instead of uh, Chad Soper. Jason Keeler was also left out of the team. Uh, Probably the most depth that Papua New Guinea have had uh, in the time that emerging cricket has been up and running, but uh, they looked class at training. Sema Kamea looked quick. Ale now looked uh, reasonably sharp with a couple of deceptive short balls, and Asad Vala looked excellent in the nets as well. It's going to be an exciting tournament. Uh, it's on ICC TV and fan code in the subcontinent, just like the European qualifier going on at the moment. As mentioned, I quickly sat down with Daniel Smith, the Filipino captain, ahead of the tournament. Daniel Smith, captain of Philippines. Um, feelings, thoughts, emotions heading into a, a qualifier for T T20 World Cup? Yeah, number one feeling is obviously excitement. Um, there's a lot of hype around this tournament, obviously being one step away from the World Cup. Um, for us, I guess, personally, um, we're just grateful to be here and having that opportunity to play against um, three nations who you know we've really come to respect, um, both in terms of how they play the game of cricket, but also um, I guess the sort of um, everything that's been put into um, cricket in these nations, and to see them improve from when I played against them back in I think about 2013 um, to how they are today, it's it's really good to see. Uh, you guys came in a little bit cold. Southeast Asian Games, there was that tournament, but it's been a little while sort of between drinks playing T20Is against these guys. What, what's it like, your sort of preparation coming into to this tournament? Yeah, preparation for Philippines cricket is always a little bit disjointed. Um, obviously, we have jurisdictional issues that yep. we have to deal with. Um, but basically, whenever we can get together, we um, you know we sort of set aside time from, from work and family um, so that we can come together and play. Um, Outside of you know being able to play together, we have really emphasised um, how important it is to play uh, cricket for the Philippines in terms of um, that sort of shared identity as Filipinos, but also um, you know connecting with our Filipino heritage. So whilst we're not able to play cricket together that often, um, we try and catch up over. Zoom pretty much, you know, for a period there, pretty much every single week. 
Um, now it's sort of every you know two to three weeks, and yeah, just catch up with each other, um, see how we're going, and you know, really embrace being Filipino. Yeah, I love it. And in terms of uh, the team, who who are you looking at? You know, maybe making a, a big impression at this tournament, stepping up. I know you, you take a lot of responsibility with ball and bat, but you know, a few other players off the top of your head that you think could have a big tournament. Um, yeah, so we, we're coming into this tournament with quite a few new players um, compared to the previous ICC tournament. I guess one that sort of comes to my head straight away is uh, Liam Myot, who's a um, off-spinner playing uh, Premier League cricket in Victoria. Um, so, yeah, obviously playing at a very high level and uh, with some very good players, and I'm very keen to see how, how the ball comes out with him. Um, outside of that, we've got, we've got a few younger players as well coming through the ranks, so... Yeah, again, off the top of my head, um, Kepler Lukies and Aman Singh, which are two very quality spin bowlers. Um, yeah, very keen to see how they go in this tournament. Beautiful. Thank you very much. Oh, all right. And also, briefly in the wind, I was able to catch up with Alan Kerr. Apologies if the wind gets a little bit too gusty on the audio here, but managed to catch up with a friend of the pod in Head of Cricket Operations of Japan and Team Manager here in Papua New Guinea, Alan Kerr. So, Alan Kerr, uh, Head of uh, Cricket Operations of uh, Japan, also here as the Team Manager. Welcome to PNG. Uh, what's the... Uh What's it been coming into Port Moresby, getting ready and building up for a for a chance at a T20 World Cup ticket? Yeah, thanks, Daniel. It's um, yeah, it's been a fun sort of 48 hours. We left Tokyo on Tuesday night and we arrived here on Thursday morning. So um, yeah, best part of 40 odd hours. We had a, a, an overnighter in Cairns. We spent about just over 24 hours there. So we had a training session at Griffith Park, which was set up for us by Cairns Cricket Association, which was nice. Um, we did manage to have a bag left behind and a passport lost and a few other things going on. It was a fun 24 hours, but thankfully everything got here in one piece um, and on time. Uh, training session yesterday and just finished another training session today. I think um, there is a real feeling in the group that we're playing at a slightly different level now that we haven't done for a long time. And that excitement of what, what the prize is, even just being at the function last night, you know, Rob's standing up there and saying one of the teams in this group is going to a World Cup. You're kind of looking around thinking... That's cool, right? Why can't it be you? Why as can't well? it be us? One in four, right? One exactly. in four chance. Yeah, so saw you guys train more yesterday. You had a big sort of fielding session to, to build into that. Has that is that is there sort of any added emphasis on, on say the fielding in comparison to the other teams or is it just Um I think that catching in this tournament is gonna be really important. I think at associate level that can be it's not a one or two percenter at this level. It yeah. can be a ten percent or fifteen percent. And, you know, that said, having a chance to train in the turf nets, that we don't get to do that ever. We didn't even do that in Cairns. So that has been really helpful because you do, it does accentuate a few differences and, and you can see kind of which players are used to it and doing it a lot more. Um, but yeah, look, being out here, it's a, it's a nice field, but it's windy, isn't it? <laughs> you just, yeah. Certainly got that sea breeze coming in. So I think doing some high catches under that over the last two days, it's good prep. Um, and I think, you know, we, we've tried to do a bit more of looking at the other teams as well and looking at videos of what we can find. Just try and be as prepared as you can, really. It's not easy at a social level, but there is some stuff you can do, so you may as well do it. Yeah, looking at someone like P&G, you probably have a lot of data and information on them, whereas, you know, on the other side, probably don't have as much about about you guys, maybe outside of, say, a sub-regional or that Sri Lanka emerging tour that they had there in Sano. How was that in terms of preparing both for here and, and for the Asian Games as well? Um, it was useful in that we got to look at a lot of different guys and, and just get the group together as much as anything else, because we don't 
get to do that in Japan very often now with a lot of players, like four or five players based overseas. So just having the boys together for an extended period of time, we had the Futures League, the Japan Premier League, and then the Sri Lankan Emerging Series all rolled into a sort of back-to-back-to-back. So um, getting the group together was, was almost as valuable as the opposition, but we felt that whilst the Emerging eleven. Um, were probably a little bit better than us in all aspects. That made them a really good opponent to play against. But at the same time, we felt like we probably could have beaten them if we were just a little yeah. bit better. Um, at least got a, got a win. Um, they were a good, good group of players. They were essentially, um, you know, people bowling quicker than anyone bowls in Japan. Like no one bowls like 125, 130 in Japan. So I mean, that experience was very, very helpful. Um, we were aware that the pitch we were playing was probably pretty different to what we're going to be getting out here. Um, but again, just any times to play on turf and and get the guys working on combinations and stuff was, was valuable. Looking at the group, uh, picked a pretty strong team, and I've sort of gauged that by some of the players who are actually probably left out of the squad. And I think you guys have not necessarily spoiled for choice, but there's definitely options mm. you could have taken. And as you said, having over 20 players playing in that Sri Lanka series as well. Um, just going through, Kendall Kadawaki Fleming leading the group. What what does he bring as, as a leader and obviously a, a integral part of the batting lineup as well? Yeah, Kendall just brings quality. He brings quality on the field with the bat. He brings quality as a person, and he has a lot of experience and a lot of passion about Japanese cricket. You know, he's been involved with the group now for a, for a long time. In October, he was finally got to put the shirt on. He was absolutely champing at the bit. So, you know, he's been thinking about this sort of stuff for a long time. He's played against quite a lot of the Vanuatu and PNG boys um, in Queensland. Yep. So, you know, he's been exposed more than anyone to the level of what we're going to be up against. So, you know, just being able to speak to guys about that and about that level that we need to be at has been incredibly valuable and um, yeah we just wish we could get them over a bit more but yeah. time off work is always a challenge he just bought a house as well and he's going to be taking unpaid leave for the Asian game Amazing, so isn't it? you know the kind of commitment these guys have to make is really admirable and it it takes a lot out of them, so we have to we have to be really respectful of that and try and support them as much as we can as well. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Ryan Drake, saw a little bit of him uh, in the Sri Lanka series. Raw, in terms of pace, just trying to sort of maybe find his line and length is, is probably his biggest challenge. Yeah, typical tearaway fast bowler, Ryan. <laughs> um, but you have to give him so much credit. He's come over to Japan and been over... He's, he's stayed since before the Futures League and the yep. Sri Lanka series, so he spent three months now, three or four months in Japan playing domestic cricket and just really like, helping out. He's been working on the ground and cutting the grass and managing the turf pitch and stuff. So, again, just really connecting with Japan. And um, for me, you know, we were talking a little bit before we came on, that's such an important part of what we're doing is we're helping these guys who have this Japanese heritage, have a parent. Some were born here, but then haven't spent a lot of time here. They get to um, connect with Japan again and with their families and their friends and their teammates. And uh, for Ryan to come over and spend that time, he he took a a semester off uh, from university, so... It's a big commitment to do something like that, and it's really admirable. As far as his bowling is concerned, he has such a high ceiling that we just want to really see him reach his best. He's had some fitness injuries in the past, so we have to manage that. But, you know, when he gets going and when he's um, really on, uh, yeah, he's, he's unique for our team. Maybe just a, sort of a couple of sentences on sort of the rest of the group, starting with uh, Kohei Kubota. Yeah, Kubota was great. Like we were talking about it, he wasn't selected last time we played the Philippines. He was in the squad. He was that tearaway fast bowler then, um, who struggled with his line and length. He didn't make it into the squad at that point. It's funny he's come on so much in four and a half years, and he's a really good example to some of the Japanese boys who might stop playing cricket after they finish uni. They find it difficult to combine working and playing, and he's doing it and doing it really well. And he's not showing no signs of stopping, and he's just getting better and better. Um, I had lunch with him the other day. And 
games. We were talking about exactly that. Like, the more he plays, the more he bowls, his controls so much better. And he actually offers you know, a bit in the field as well. He's safe hands, great arm. So, yeah, he's uh, an exciting player that we've had high hopes for for a while. So to see him here playing at this level, yeah, it's, it's really pleasing. Uh, Piyush Kambari? Yeah, Piyush is our left-arm spinner. Um, kind of picked a little bit out of the blue, actually, by Simon Dart um, about 18 months ago. Since he's come into the group, he's really shown that, actually, these left-arm spinners, they're such a weapon at this level. And um, you know, Piyush is such a lovely guy as well. So he's, uh, he's great around the group and, and offers real value. Uh, Wataru Miyayuchi? Well, Mia's come through the, the you know, junior program. It's been, he's only like 25. It feels like he's been around forever. Um, still as small as ever. He's got a funky new haircut. Um, but he's our backup wicketkeeper and, and reserve batsman as well. And you're talking about strength and depth. You know, he's leading run scorer in the Japan Cricket League this season, and, and he can't get in the 11. So that shows that we have got good depth, and he'll be, you know, he's fighting for a place. And he may he may play tomorrow, he may not. But um, you know, to be able to leave, if we are leaving him out, to be able to leave out someone. You know, with that performing that well, it does say a lot of good things about our side. I think. Uh, Supun, now we're out now. Yeah, Supun's played with the first class cricket Sri Lanka in his youth. Hits hard. Uh, another reserve wicketkeeper as well. Um, again, somebody's got a bit of experience playing at a higher level. So even though over the last few years he's had family and he probably hasn't been able to give as much for his cricket as he would have liked, he still brings a lot of ability and, and real clean ball striking. Uh, Sabarish Ravichandran? Yeah, dominant player in Japan cricket, leg spinner, um, hard hitting batsman. He's a player who will. We're really looking forward to seeing him produce his best for Japan. He probably would admit himself he hasn't quite done that yet. He's done all right with the ball, but maybe not with the bat. Uh, very, very motivated and very proud to be part of the setup. Uh, Rayo Sakurana Thomas? Yeah, champion's been part of the um, JCA staff for the last 18 months. Uh, probably our form player right now, particularly with the bat, he's absolutely smashing it. Um, made 70 off 20 in a T10 game recently, and uh, you know, pretty much leader of the attack, and, and probably captain in waiting as well. Uh, Alex Shirapadma? Yeah, returned in October after an almost 10-year absence. Uh, the only guy in this group, or the only player prior to Kendall with an international 100 for Japan, so class with the gloves, he'll be, he'll be behind the stumps. Um, and, and you know he may he may be used in a different role with the bat we'll see than he was uh, in October uh, he can do everything with the bat in his hands so looking forward to seeing how he goes uh, Declan Suzuki McComb yeah Dak um, coming back from an injury um, but you know offers a bit of bat and with the ball uh, and electric in the field probably the best fielder in the group so you'll probably see him leaping around like a salmon uh, when I get a chance to listen to Spotify on my phone I listen to the pod with uh, me and Maneeb Sadiq yeah uh, four or five minutes with it I didn't get much from him um, but another player returning was left out in October worked really hard on his, particularly on his fitness uh, to give himself a bit more control so you know offers that extra fast bowling option and he's been going pretty well with the batting in the field too lately cool uh, Tsuyoshi Takada yeah another player returning he took a, a year out of the squad um, to concentrate on his work and his family life um, you know again pushing for a place in the 11 hits the ball cleanly has performed well in big games in Japan um, and has an absolute rocket arm as well so one of the leaders in the group as well even if he's not in the 11 he's just a great character to have around uh, Japan's take on uh, Graham Swan, Ibrahim Takahashi? <laughs> yeah, so he has been um, playing out in Brisbane, he moved, he left Japan uh, about, about six months ago. Um, and loved it on the uh, on the Gold Coast so much. He's staying there. He's got family there. Um, yeah, that off-spinning all-rounder. Um, I think every team needs one, don't they? So, and as you say, he's modelled himself on Graham Swan, and he uh, yeah will likely be a pretty important bowler for us, particularly to left-handers. Uh, Michael Tatanyama. Yeah, Tatanyama's been around forever. One of Japan's most capped players. Um, bowling beautifully in the nets with his leggies. Taught himself how to bowl watching Shane Warne videos on YouTube. Um, you know, and he's, he's, he's coming out great at the moment. Such a confidence player, and 
you know, if we can get him get him confident and feeling happy with his game, he could be a real weapon. He knows a lot of the Vanuatu and PNG boys from previous country champs when the yep. EAP used to put a team in. So yep. it's always funny seeing him getting uh, getting welcomed by the other teams. And finally, the Lachlan Yamamoto Lake. Taking them well today. Got a funky new haircut as well. Lucky, he... Um, you know, right-hand opening batsman. He'll uh, he'll go hard in the power play. I suspect he was um, badger of the tournament back in October. Um, and again, a lot of experience playing on on turf more than the other guys. So, that experience he's had playing in WA, your neck of the woods. He'll probably hold him in good stead, I think, for this tournament. Sounds good. I think that's all I need, mate. Um, many kind of final thoughts heading into the into the tournament. Look, it's such an unknown. We haven't played Vanuatu or PNG for about eight years, so we don't really know where how we're going to match up. It's going to be a big, big learning curve, and hopefully we're back here every two years. Maybe not necessarily back here, but, uh, you know, back in this uh, tournament. And um, that, that leads to, you know, more and more opportunities and eventually getting that place in the World Cup. So this is exciting, and, and we'll see how it all pans out.